Today's show is brought to you by the best-selling book, The Dog Cancer Survival Guide, full-spectrum treatments to optimize your dog's life quality and longevity. It's available everywhere books are sold, in both paperback and digital editions, and on the publisher's website at dogcancerbook.com. Use coupon code PODCAST on that website to get 10% off the Dog Cancer Survival Guide today. I have to say it's something that most veteran oncologists would at least call a treatable, not a curable cancer, but a treatable, meaning symptoms can be improved. And the, and the survival with different treatments can be six months to a year. Biggest thing with treatment is that it improves quality of life. And I think that's what most of us really care about. I mean, I'd love to say we have a cure, but if we can't have a cure, then improving quality of life is certainly a very reasonable goal. Welcome to Dog Cancer Answers, where we help you help your dog with cancer. Here's your host, James Jacobson. Hello, friend, and welcome to Dog Cancer Answers. Today, we are answering a call that we received on our listener line from a dog who has been diagnosed with bladder cancer. I'm sure that we can all sympathize with this dog lover's fears, and joining us to discuss transitional cell carcinoma and whether it is a death sentence or what you can do is our medical editor, Dr. Nancy Reese. Dr. Nancy, thanks so much for being with us today. Well, thanks for having me back. Happy to be here and hopefully give some helpful information if I can. We got a caller who is named Denise and she's calling about her dog, Sadie. Hi, my name is Denise Redding, calling in reference to my 11-year-old white lab. Her name is Sadie. She's been diagnosed with TCC. Uh, the tumor appears to be at the trigone end, the plumbing end of the bladder. And she'd been in and out of vets for many years, being treated for UTIs, obviously none of which uh, worked. So now that we found another vet, all of a sudden it's a death sentence. She is uh, urinating uncontrollably, a little bit better now. I don't know the symptoms of when it ends, how it ends. We're not going to put her through surgery. And um, wanted to know if you guys had any comments, if your vets had any comments there at the cancer center. Sure would like to uh, see what anybody else is going through and how it progresses to the end. As uh, I don't want to keep her alive just for me, I want it to be for her. Thank you very much and have a great day. So, Dr. Nancy, any thoughts on Sadie? Yeah, it's always hard to get well any kind of cancer diagnosis, but particularly if ever those words, the death sentence is used, that, that makes it a pretty scary type of situation to face. First thing, make sure it probably has been done, but to make sure that it truly is a transitional cell carcinoma. There are the possibilities of having other types of tumor that could affect the bladder, and those might have different treatment outcomes. But it sounds like, given the trigone area, that's the most common type of, of tumor they will get that area. Well, let's get into the trigone. I like how she calls it the plumbing end of the dog. What, what does that actually mean for, for those of us who are not into plumbing or know that much about veterinary <laughs> medicine? Yeah, call your plumber and find out. <laughs> the trigone is an area of the bladder, and it basically is where the ureters, which are the tubes that go from the kidneys to the bladder, 
there's one on each side because there's a kidney on each side, and where those ureters join the bladder, and that's how urine gets made in the kidneys and then transported down to the bladder. The trigone is a little sort of triangular-shaped area where those two tubes come into the neck of the bladder or the narrowing end of the bladder, and then it joins the urethra, which is the tube that goes from the bladder to the outside. So that trigone area is where two tubes come out and one tube leaves. And so anything that's in that area, it starts to block the flow of urine, either blocks it up towards the kidneys or blocks it from going out the uh, exitory end. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So it is the most common spot for... That's what I was going to say, that if you're going to get cancer in the area, that would be in that trigon area. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's the most common spot for some reason. They get the TCCs. It can actually occur anywhere within the bladder or in any one of those tubes coming or going from the bladder. So you could have occasionally a transitional cell carcinoma that would be more surgically removable because it doesn't necessarily have to affect that trigone area. But it's a reasonable choice not to consider surgery because it's the one spot where surgery ends up frequently not working well in that area because it's too vital structurally Mm. to have those tubes and things. You just can't remove it without causing irreversible damage to the rest of the urinary tract system. Okay. So surgery is certainly not the best choice for this type of tumor anyhow. So how does this progress? What are your thoughts on what they can do? You know, the dog is incontinent now. Yeah, and that that does make it hard when you're already dealing with an incontinence issue. But it is, I mean, I have to say, it's something that most veterinary oncologists would at least call a treatable, not a curable cancer, but a treatable, meaning symptoms can be improved. And the survival with different treatments can be six months to a year. And in an 11-year-old lab, that might be a, a good length of time to get out of an animal. Biggest thing with treatment is that it improves quality of life. And I think that's what most of us mm-hmm. really care about. I mean, I'd love to say we have a cure, but if we can't have a cure, then improving quality of life is certainly a very reasonable goal. I don't know if the dog is currently taking any medications, but there are several options. And even the most simple one is using a non-steroid anti-inflammatory drug. And they found that those drugs, things like in the common veterinary use, we have Rimadyl and Meloxicam and Deramax. But somewhere along the way, people found that treating pain, it actually had an effect on the size of some of these tumors, particularly the transitional cell carcinomas. Mm. So the original one that used was a human non-steroid anti-inflammatory drug called paroxicam. And that actually did seem to have some shrinking ability in the tumor or at least slowing down the rate of growth. And now that they've found that other ones like Deramax seems to work probably equally as well and may have a, a wider margin of safety. But that's a great thing to be doing because you're helping with pain and you might also be reducing the tumor size or at least slowing the growth down. So I'm always in favor of using a non-steroid like that when the animal has the TCC. Because thing I forget if we talked about it, but want to make sure that it is a TCC because I mentioned there's other types of tumors that can affect the bladder. Hmm. And there is a nice newer non-invasive tests where the owner just has to collect. It, it's a good amount of urine, but um, they, they collect urine and it can be a couple days samples to send into a lab that can confirm that it's the TCC and not some other type of tumor. And so it's, again, it's a nice, easy test 
that at least confirms it's a TCC before thinking about, you know, other types of treatment. So that, that's, I certainly recommend that being done if it hasn't, just to make sure that another treatment wouldn't be more appropriate. So confirm that it is yes, actually. A- I think that's always a good step. That's a great first step. It sounds like they probably had to do some imaging because they know where this tumor is located. So most likely that's already been done. But a biopsy or the cadet BROF test that is the urine test, that would be a good thing to send out. And the cadet? urine test? Is it just as simple as that? Is just really just taking a urine sample and sending it to a lab? Yeah. So like I said, it takes about 40 cc's of urine and it has to be transported in a special container, but the veterinarian will give the owner that and then they they can collect the urine over a couple of days. And that, that detects a gene mutation that's associated with the transitional cell carcinoma. So it's, it virtually has no false positives. You can occasionally get an animal that has a TCC that comes up negative, but that's it's pretty uncommon. So it's a great, easy, non-invasive test, and I'm all in favor of non-invasive. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're just trying to get the dog to pee, although 40 yes. cc's is a bit of urine, right? Right, um, right. So then you can do it over a couple of days and combine the samples. So if it isn't transitional cell carcinoma, and obviously you can't see, what are some other things that it could be? There's different types of um, muscle tumors that can affect there. So the the bladder wall is is made of some muscle tissue and things. So you can have those, or you could have some other type of tumor that has spread to the bladder. So like I said, a biopsy is another option to find out specifically if it is a TCC versus something else or the urine test, like I said, because it just might be another type of tumor would have a completely different chemotherapy that might be more effective. Is it your experience that a lot, I mean, and we don't know in the case of Sadie here, but is it your experience that veterinarians will think, well, I see it on the imaging, it probably is a TCC and just go with that? Or are most people going to do things like that urine test and additional labs to make sure? I think until the urine test came out, I'd say a lot of times it was presumed that it's a TCC based on the imaging and the finding. You know, that's never the best thing to do because we really like to know it is definitive or not. But honestly, in in practice, you see a tumor on the imaging in that area, you're going to bet that it's a TCC. And the thought of doing a biopsy, because this is one of those tumors where it's still it's getting more controversial now because they used to say that you do not want to stick a needle into one of these to get a sample of it because it might seed the tumor as you're pulling the needle out. Mm. So dogs that always sounds horrible anyhow, but <laughs> dogs take the needle into the bladder very well. It's not that uncomfortable. They do fine. But there were some early studies that said that it might seed the tumor as you're pulling that needle out. Some people say that may not be happening as much, but I still would probably not risk taking a needle sample like that. So that means you'd be doing like a surgical biopsy, which again, we try to avoid. Mm. There's other ones where you can do a certain type of catheterization where you might collect some of those cancer cells too, but that's not the most comfortable thing easier. The urine test is just vastly easier. Wow. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to kind of pursue that death sentence thing that we started talking about at the top of the show. We'll be right back. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. 
I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Eva Pup. The green, grassy, beef liver spiked smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. Everpup traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. Does it roll back time? Of course not. Not really. But it helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day. Because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so grateful to be your dog. And for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. If your dog has cancer, you need to get a copy of the best-selling animal health book, The Dog Cancer Survival Guide. Because no matter what you've heard, there are always steps that you can take to help your dog fight and maybe even beat cancer. At nearly 500 pages, this comprehensive guide is your complete reference for practical, evidence-based strategies that can optimize the life quality and longevity of your dog. It's written by two of the most respected names in dog cancer, full-spectrum veterinarian Damien Dressler and veterinary oncologist Susan Ettinger. With the Dog Cancer Survival Guide, you'll learn everything that you need to know about conventional treatments, surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation, including how to reduce their side effects. You'll also discover the most effective non-conventional options, including nutraceuticals and supplements and diet, as well as mind-body medicine. What I love most about this book, which I've used with my own dog, Kanga, when she was diagnosed with cancer, is how to analyze the options and develop a specific plan for your own dog based on your dog's type of cancer and your dog's age, your financial budget, as well as your personality. You can get the Dog Cancer Survival Guide wherever books are sold, but if you get it direct from the publisher, you will save 10% when you use the offer code, especially for listeners of this podcast. Just go to dogcancerbook.com, and when you check out, use the promo code PODCAST, and you will save 10%. The website again, dogcancerbook.com, and use the promo code PODCAST to save 10%. I want to let you know about an important newsletter. It's called Dog Cancer News. Now, with a name like that, it is not for everyone. But if your dog has cancer, you will want to subscribe. That's because every issue features articles that will be helpful, such as low-carb dog cancer diet recipes, new clinical trials, financial resources to help pay for cancer care, information on supplements, and lots of other helpful info that your veterinarian may not know or have the time to share with you. Also, when you subscribe to Dog Cancer News, you will get a weekly update on the topics covered on this podcast, along with links and resources. So how much does Dog Cancer News cost? 
Well, today, you can subscribe for free. It's our gift. For a limited time, you can get a full year subscription for free. No strings attached. Just go to this website to sign up for the newsletter now, dogcancernews.com. It takes less than 10 seconds to subscribe, and it is totally free. Do it now at dogcancernews.com. So, Dr. Nancy, one of the things that the caller was saying is that she wonders if this is a death sentence. And I'm not sure, obviously, if the veterinarian said that or if this is just something she's picked up. But you had some thoughts about that. Yeah, like I said, I I really hate those words. But, you know, we unfortunately do have to face that reality that a lot of cancers progress to where that, that does, in one way or another, end up ending the animal's life, whether it's from discomfort or the effects of the actual cancer. So it is something that invariably will progress. So we don't have any kind of cure. So it is something that will progressively get worse over time. It's a matter of how much time that we can get out of that with different treatments and things. I think after it's been diagnosed, probably 50% of those animals will get metastases so it can spread to the lungs Mm -hmm. or can spread to other organs or sometimes even bone. And those might be the debilitating effects that end up resulting in needing to have euthanasia. Other way that it can cause, quote, a death sentence or at least cause enough concern over the animal's quality of life is the physical discomfort of having this this mass in there or blocking that urine flow. Either it can back up into the kidneys and cause kidney problems, or they're unable to urinate and their bladder just keeps getting bigger and bigger and more uncomfortable. There is a surgical kind of palliative thing where they can actually put a little tube to keep one of those urinary tubes open so that the animal could still urinate. So there's ways to get around the mass and sort of redirect the plumbing in a way. Mm. But again, that's that's a pretty big thing that not a lot of people are going to necessarily opt for. Probably not on an 11-year-old lab. Right, right. Right. But okay, but there are a lot of options, as we've discussed, to me, to make sure that it is transitional cell carcinoma, Right. use that urine test, and then if you don't do surgery, which it sounds like is not the best option, then the NSAIDs can be really helpful. Absolutely. So the NSAIDs, either by themselves, which I've done for people that just want kind of comfort care, but you can also, there are some chemotherapies that, again, not curative, but they can shrink or at least stabilize the tumor. And, you know, there's some of the drugs that probably have been mentioned on this show once or twice, given all the wide variety of cancers you guys talk about, but cisplatin or carboplatin or mitoxantrone, all of those are some options for chemotherapy. And they're, they're not intensive in terms of not super frequent, not a lot of hospitalization and things. So those are good either with or without the non-steroid. Awesome. Well, Dr. Nancy, thank you so much. I think this has been real helpful. And uh, thanks for being with us today. And thank you, listener. If you are like Denise and have a question about dog cancer, well, then give us a call on our listener line. That phone number is 808-868-3200. That's 808-868-3200. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in today's show in the notes at dogcanceranswers.com. For even more information on transitional cell carcinoma and other cancers, visit the website dogcancer.com to read our full complement of articles. 
And if your dog has been diagnosed with cancer and you need someone to talk to, join our support group on Facebook. And you can find that at dogcancersupport.com. I'm James Jacobson, and from all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, I want to wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Thank you for listening to Dog Cancer Answers. If you'd like to connect, please visit our website at dogcanceranswers.com or call our listener line at 808-868-3200. And here's a friendly reminder that you probably already know. This podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only. It's not meant to take the place of the advice you receive from your dog's veterinarian. Only veterinarians who examine your dog can give you veterinary advice or diagnose your dog's medical condition. Your reliance on the information you hear on this podcast is solely at your own risk. If your dog has a specific health problem, contact your veterinarian. Also, please keep in mind that veterinary information can change rapidly. Therefore, some information may be out of date. Dog Cancer Answers is a presentation of Maui Media in association with Dog Podcast Network. Does the act of taking paper to pen and writing help to heal a broken heart after your dog dies? Sheila Cooperman says yes. She joins us on Dog Cancer Answers to tell her true tale about Tucker, her dog who died last year from lymphoma. Sheila shares how writing about him is helping her heal not only from his loss, but from other heartbreaks as well. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts and at dogcancer.com slash podcast. <laughs>